So this morning, as we continue with our our service, I want to I want to dive right into Acts twelve. Oh, Super Church, greatest in the kingdom. Would you stand up? Super Church is now in session. Super Church. Yes. Pastor Bob reminding ages 5 to 10. So if you're a visitor here and you have children who are ages 5 to 10, you can attend Super Church. It'll be a, a message that's relevant really for their age group. Praise God. All right. Did I forget anything else? No. Okay. Hallelujah. So Acts 12. That's where we're going to be this morning. And I, I told you before, th- this message, this is just, it's chain breaker. All right, that's, that's the name of this message. And uh, we're going to literally see the chains loosed from Peter. And uh, so we're going to read through. And then I want to share a word that God gave me this morning. And it, it was just so strong in my I want to share it. But I want to read through this and I'll share that with you. So this is Acts 12. I'm going to read through 1 through 19. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that uh, this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing, was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went, to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed. She ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said. 
and then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. Chain breaker. This is the chain breaker in action, brothers and sisters. Amen? The chain breaker, the gate opener, loose the prisoners. Right? And I can't, I, it was so strong, this word I want to share with you. And this is a, maybe for a, one person, I don't know. But it's so strong that school has just ended for the year. And I felt so strongly that there might be somebody in this room, a young person, that has chains bound on them by another person from school. And though they're released for the summer, that they're still bearing the weight of those chains. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a bullying or some expectation or something that they've put on you, but they're a chain and you feel them. And God wants to release you from those. To free you from those chains that bind you. A young person, I just felt it so strong. Jesus Christ is the chain breaker. And he can loose those chains. And we're going to ask him to loose those chains. Amen? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I want to begin with a scripture. Another scripture. And this is, uh, this is right in the Psalms. And this is Psalm 121, 7 through 8. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Brothers and sisters, that is not a God who forgets about us. That is not a God who forgets about your situation. That is not a God who forgets about your addiction. That's not a God who forgets about the person abusing you, who's keeping you down, who's pushing you down, who has you addicted to who knows what. That's a God who loves you. That's a God who will free those chains, break them forevermore. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise. So here we are. We're in chapter 12. We see Peter. He's imprisoned. Peter's got some bad things going on. It's not good to be locked up. It's not good when Peter's out there and he wants to preach and tell people about Jesus and they lock him up. So Peter has some things going on. But he's not going to be stifled. Or rather, God's not going to be stifled. So Peter's in prison. Wicked King Herod, right? He's already taken James, brother of John, put him to death by the sword. Now he sees Peter. Sends him to prison, places him under guard by, he's got 16 soldiers standing him around, uh, standing around him. And what we don't see, we don't see Peter pacing the floor back and forth. What am I going to do? Anxiety. What's going to happen? We don't see that. Luke doesn't tell us that here. And we certainly don't see him pleading for a pardon. 
He's sound asleep. He's in this prison cell. He's not questioning. We don't see this, blaming God. He seems to be calm. Seems to be collected. And you know what? He knows that he'll be rejoicing in the presence of God on the next day if he's executed. Peter's got some serious faith. Amen? Peter's been through some struggles himself. He's been through some trials. Would we, in that same situation, be so calm and cool, trusting in God, realizing that if our end was met on the next day, that we would know that we would be rejoicing in God's presence? It's a challenge to ask ourselves, do we have that mustard seed of faith? Right? It's not the size It's the presence or absence thereof. Do we have that faith? When we talk about the chain breaker, I want to talk about three keys to freedom. Three keys to freedom uh, in Christ. And we can see right right in in uh, in this passage. And the first one is this, to fear God rather than fear men. Fear God, right, with a reverent fear. But no, he's your maker. He loves us, restores us, sustains us, provides. He hasn't forgotten about us in any way. Right, and right here in this, in this passage, we see this contrast between on one side, Peter, right? Peter's in prison. Peter fears God. And the other side, we see Herod. Herod fears man. Now, how do we know that? Now, verse 3 said he was pleasing the Jews. Right? He's being very political. He's trying to appease a people group because he fears them. Because his reputation, his seat in power, all depends on the masses. He fears them. Peter doesn't fear man. He fears God. So as Herod is playing to the masses, Peter is praying to God. Oh, and if that's a lesson for us, in our circumstances, wherever we're at, wondering how through the natural we're going to get out of it, wondering how how am I going to navigate these waters? How am I going to get out? Lord, the answer lies with you. It's always been with you. Let me rest in you, Lord, and trust that you've got my back. You've got it covered. You got me covered, Lord. In Acts 4, and this is kind of a, a paraphrase, we see Peter, he asks his persecutors a question. He says, is it right in God's sight to obey you rather than obey God? Heavy, heavy, heavy. And what does Peter do? He goes right on preaching after that. He's not stifled again. God's not stifled. Okay, so what? I'm going to keep driving on. I'm going to keep driving on. 
Peter wasn't bound by those chains. He kept on moving. Why? Because God freed him and gave him the freedom to move past those circumstances. Kept driving on. Holy Spirit moving in Peter. Driving on. Driving on. Are we driving on, brothers and sisters? We need to drive on. Now, I got to tell you something. It's kind of funny. All right? So first service, I came up here, and I had the little lapel mic. Now, you may, maybe you don't think this is funny, but now I look back at it. So right, how many times do we preach a sermon, and then we're taught something so right, fundamental right from the message? Well, in this case, so I, I, get the, I get the lapel mic, and I hear this feedback. And the feedback is so strong that I'm touching the wire, and I can hear it. So I literally had to stand almost motionless to be able to not hear the feedback. That doesn't work for me. I need to move around. I probably moved around a thousand times the time I got up here. I can't. I move out, move back. But even just moving my head was, it was awful. I was chained right here, brothers and sisters. So God, loose my chains for this message right here. Thank God, because it was an awful experience. I, I was telling Jeremy, chain breaker, yeah, like, I just experienced it. It was awesome. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. So, yeah, so fear God, the chain breaker, and not the lapel mic. So this is it. And, and really, you want to look at this. This first, this first point is this, you know, that you won't have that total freedom until your fear of God supersedes your fear of man. What more can they do? What more can they do? Fear God rather than fear men. And the second key I want to bring forward in terms of freedom from these things that bind us, these things that bind us, is is not to forget about the invisible because we're so focused on the visible, right? We're so focused on the circumstance. We're so, that's what we're looking at. We're not looking at, hello, the Lord's looking down, willing and able to help, but our eyes aren't there. Our eyes are in the circumstance. And Satan would love to do that, to keep us focused on the circumstance, on the present condition, and all the ways that I can fix it, or all the ways you can fix it, or all the ways we can go to another source to fix it, anything but keeping your eyes on Jesus Christ. How many of us know this scripture, Colossians 3.2? Think about things that are in heaven. Do not think about things that are on earth. Keep your eyes fixed above. Do you think Peter's eyes were fixed above in that cell? I do too. I do. There's this incredible uh, deep spiritual dimension, if you want, to this story. Peter's not living in the natural. He's just not walking in the natural. He's walking in the supernatural. He's walking and trusting, trusting in that supernatural. Now, what's amazing is, as Peter is in that cell, there's another group of people who are trusting in the Lord. And that's the church. Because as he's in there, and he's ready to face those circumstances, the church 
is fervently praying for him and lifting him up. We read about it. Fervently lift. Now, before this service, we were in here, it was 9.30, and we're praying for different circumstances. And we're going to be doing that on these Sundays between the two services. That's an opportunity to pray fervently for one another, for your own situation. Oh, and that's a lie. If somebody says you can't pray for your own circumstance, I, I don't know what, I don't know whoever said that, but that goes right out the window. It's not selfish to pray for your situations. Please pray for your situations. Take up that mantle. Fathers, pray for your, for your children. Wives, pray for your husbands. Children, pray for your parents. Right? Yeah, let, let's be a praying people, and there's an opportunity at 930 to do that. That was kind of like a plug, but I, it, it kind of just happened. All right. But they're praying fervently for Peter. And while God moves his own hand, he does hear the cries of his people. And God cares about his people. Peter's sleeping there. He's between two soldiers. He's bound by two chains. There's guards standing. They're watching the gate. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and woke Peter up. Boom, he wakes up. What happens to the chains? doesn't say that the angel, like, picked the lock, and then they fell off. No, they just fell off. That's how, when God wants to do something, he just does it. We, we, we don't need the mechanics. It just fell off. The gate, the gate opened itself. I love that. The gate opens. Peter puts on his coat, his shoes. The angel walks over to the gate, and then he's out. God sent a messenger to meet with Peter. He sent one of his messengers, probably an important moment. And you wonder how many times in the unseen that God has worked to sustain you, to protect your life, the lives of your children, the times when you don't see it. And after you think back and you're like, oh, man. God, amen, I hear that. How many times have perhaps we would have done much worse than dashing our foot against a stone and God rescued us and saved us and we just didn't see it and know it? Spiritually caring for us, acting in the physical world, brothers and sisters, reaching out of the supernatural, acting in the physical world. In a, it could have been on a motorcycle. It could have been at work. Who knows? It could have been rocks falling on you when you're hiking. I don't know, but something and God's there. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you this. When you go and you're praying, maybe it's tonight, maybe you leave here, maybe in your car, I just want you to give thanks for all those things that God does that you're not even aware of. And just reach out and thank Him. And if he's helping you in all those circumstances, you're not even aware that he's there. How much more from the very chains that may be binding you this morning? Or your children, or your spouse, or your neighbors, or your parents. How much more? How much more? Keep your eyes on the invisible and don't be so focused on the circumstances in the natural world. Hallelujah.
And for the third point in terms of freedom, I want to talk about looking towards the end, looking towards what happens at the end, right? The end result. What are we looking for here? So what happens? Peter, he's in prison. The church is praying fervently. They hear the cries of his people. He's loosed. He walks out. But that's not the end. That's not the end of the story. Verses 23, 24, and 25. So we see that King Herod, wicked King Herod, what happens to him? He loses his life. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down. Two, what else happens after Peter's loosed? The word goes forth. The word continues to go forth. It's not the end. It's not, it's just not stuck. The word continues to go forth. Peter's loosed. Word's going forth. Third, bit of history here, but Barnabas, right? And Paul, who do they take? John Mark. The missions continue. The word of God goes forth. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Our God hears those prayers. He hears the prayers of the righteous. He hears the prayers of the faithful. The solutions to the adversities in life rest in Jesus Christ. And there are a lot of solutions that media, that uh, you know, all, all sorts of literature will put forth even the advice from a good-meaning person. But in the end, brothers and sisters, it may be an absolutely supernatural remedy. That you may need the hand of God to break that strong chain that binds you or binds your kids. And so all those other remedies and all those other solutions, they can just go out the window. And you keep calling upon God. And you keep calling upon and asking Him. And you keep asking Him to free you, to free your children. And you just keep going back and going back. Psalm 107, 13 to 16 reads this way. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. What an awesome image of the chain breaker. Amen? You know, I, I began this, and I, 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 that word was so strong, and someone, somebody here going through some situation that, that left from school, and maybe it's a bully or something else. I, I don't know exactly, but I want to share with you. A, this is my own testimony when I was a young person. I was, I was bullied uh, in junior high school. Uh, this, this young man said he was going to kill me. And in those days, eh, you know, it was just words. You didn't really maybe think it was so serious. In today's day, if you say that, yeah, we take it a little differently. But he said he was going to kill me, and I believed it. He would steal cars. He would 
climb the walls of the building. Like, this kid was pretty, pretty nefarious. And uh, I was really afraid. And, you know, I, as I stand here, I think that, you know, maybe there would have been another outcome for me. Maybe if God's hand hadn't been in my life, that maybe something else would have happened. But I want to tell you, if you're here in this room now, whether it's a young person who's bullying you, who's threatening you, maybe you're an adult, and maybe it's your spouse, or maybe it's a neighbor, or some person you have some relationship with you. I I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ can break those chains today. And we got to talk about this stuff in the church. This is the place we do talk about it. That's okay. Because he's the chain breaker. He's not the status quo God. All right? So we need to be a, a people who are seeking his face and asking him for those, those serious situations that no one wants to talk about. We need to seek the face of God to break the chains. Praise God. Thank you, Connie. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, brother. Praise God. So are we doing that? Are we seeking his face? I can keep saying it, but saying it ain't the same as doing it. So we got to do it. So I'm going to close here in a minute. All right? I'm going to ask you to, you know, you bow your heads. We'll pray here. Stay longer. Come back next week, 930. Pray more. It's important to note that our God is supernatural. And the circumstances of life are not too big for God or not too small that he doesn't care about them. I ask you to bow your heads with me. Hallelujah. Lord, I know right now, Lord, you hear, you hear the cries You don't have to be vocal. You know circumstances, Lord. You know challenges. You know chains. Chain breaker. Break those chains. Loose brothers and sisters in this room who are caught and are not able to escape on their own. Save them, Lord, from circumstances. If there's abuse going on, Lord, stop it. 
expose, let the light shine in those lives. There is healing in Jesus Christ. Lord, help us, O God. Help us wherever we're at. Lord, I pray that we would be a praying people and that after this, Lord, we'll continue to keep praying to you and asking you to intercede, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for who you are, that you follow through, and that you do what you say you're going to do. So on this morning, on June 24th, I ask you, Lord, as the chain breaker, to break the chains of people at New Hope Chapel. I thank you for this body. I thank you for brothers and sisters. I thank you for uh, all those here who call upon you as Lord. Break the chains, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Thank you. In Jesus' name, we thank you. And thank you. Amen. Hallelujah.